Hey, this is Edna Isaac. You can catch me and others from 10 to 11 every Sunday on All on God, brought to you by House of Worship. This is the program where you can hear the Word of God and be blessed through prayer, worship, and so much more. All on God, Sunday, 10 through 11. Walking the same old road for miles and miles. If you've been hearing the same old voice tell the same old lies. If you're trying to feel the same old holes inside, there's a better life. There's a better life. If you got pain, he's a pain taker. If you feel lost, he's a way maker. If you need freedom or saving, he's a prison shaking savior. If you got chains, he's a chain breaker. We've all searched for the light of day in the dead of night. We've all found worn out from the same old fight we've all run the things we know just ain't right there's a better life there's a better life if you got pain he's a pain taker Good morning, good morning. This is Edna Isaac, and this is your program, All on God. And we are so excited to be here one more time with you. We are so excited because today is a beautiful day. So today, I just want to share with you from the Bible another story that I love. Another story that we, those who know God, those who were raised, you know, going to church, They might listen to this story when they were children. And it is not only a story that we should listen when we were children, but it is a story that it is based on a true story. And it is so touching because many times when we go through different situations in our lives, sometimes we don't understand why we are going, what we're going through. However, when you read the Bible and you see that, that these men that went through different situations, God didn't forsake them. God didn't abandon them. God was there all the time with them. And they learned from each experience that they have to go through. And this is what, what makes them stronger. Um, so today I wanted to talk about Joseph. And, you know, many times we say, oh, Joseph, the dreamer. Let's go to the Word of God so we can understand what really happens in Joseph's life. 
because I believe that this is a beautiful story of redemption, of forgiveness, uh, of restoration. This is a beautiful story where you can understand that it doesn't matter who do wrong to you, there's going to come a time when you are going to be blessed and your blessings are going to be restored. And whoever does wrong to you will see the judgment of God in their lives. Because when you serve God and you serve the Lord, the Lord is protecting you. So whoever arises against you, it will do against God. And this is what happened with Joseph. But let us go to the word of God. Genesis chapter 37 says, Jacob lived in the land where his father had stayed, the land of Canaan. This is the account of jo Jacob's family line. Joseph, a young man of 17, was tending the flocks with his brothers, the sons of Bila and the sons of Silpa, his father's wives, and he brought their father a bad report about them. Now Israel, who, which was um, uh, Jacob, before God changed his name, loved Joseph more than any of his other sons. And I think that's one of the biggest mistakes that we can do when we have children, that we show favoritism to one of them. So let us never do that. Because he had been born to him in his old age, and he made an ornate robe for him. When his brothers saw that their father loved him more than any of them, they hated him and could not speak a kind word to him. Joseph had a dream, and when he told to his brothers, they hated him all the more. He said to them, listen to this dream I had. We were binding sheaves of grain out in the field when suddenly my sheaf rose and stood upright while your sheaves gathered around mine and bowed down to it. His brothers said to him, do you intend to reign over us? Will you actually rule us? And they hated him all, all the more because of his dream and what he has said. Then he had another dream and he told it to his brothers. Listen, he said, I had another dream. And this time the sun and moon and 11 stars were bowing down to me. When he told his father as well as his brothers, his father rebuked him and said, What is this dream of you had? Will your mother and I and your brothers actually come and bow down to the ground before you? His brothers were jealous of him, but his father kept the matter in mind. What a shame false story about the brothers of Joseph. You know, one of the biggest mistakes that we as parents we can do is to show favoritism to one of our children. And I understand that as parents, 
You know, we have children that all of them are different. For example, I have four kids. None of them are the same. They all are unique in their own way. So, you know, it is, it is important that we love our children in the same manner. I'm not saying that you're going to be the same with everyone and exactly, you know, the same treatment all the time and everything. No, what I'm saying is that we should not demonstrate to them that we love one more than another one. And, you know, and sometimes, for example, my, my, I have four children, but my little one, he was premature. So when he was born, he was born, I was 26 weeks of pregnancy. So, you know, he was in the hospital for three months. And while I was there, you know, I just, I, I stay in the front of the hospital in, in the McDonald house where you can stay there while you have a child in, in the hospital. And I remember, you know, I, I didn't I didn't go away for nothing. I just I just leave when it was um, time for the doctors to change turns to, to you know shifts. And I remember the only time I go to, to the house it was to sleep. But otherwise I was there morning, afternoon, night. I never separated from my from my kid because he was a baby. He was premature. He was so I was there all the time. I learned like to love him with a different kind of uh, love. It was like a, you know I feel sorry for him because he was a baby. He was premature. He was like you know so um, powerless. You know he, he he couldn't defend himself. I remember that. I was very, like, protective with him. I tried my best to show them that I love them all the same, that all of them are important for me, and that we love them the same, that we don't have favoritism with none of them. And it is sometimes hard, but it is important to understand that many times when, you know, we as parents show favoritism, we bring sadness to the other kids that they feel like they're not loved in the same manner. And many of us are products of families where we see all of this, you know. We were raised in different environments and many of us saw, you know, that when we were treated differently, and it is not something good. It is not something that um, produces joy or happiness. On the contrary, you know, that produces hatred. That produces, you know, jealousy, envious. Because nobody wants to be ignored or left behind or treated differently. So that is an important lesson we can learn from this story in the Bible about Joseph, about the family um, household that we should never show or have favoritism to none of our kids. So we should pray to the Lord that the Lord give us wisdom so we don't do that. But, you know, in this study, what impresses me is that I cannot understand. I mean, I would never think about harming my own brother or my own sister. 
So for me, it is so difficult to think about the brothers of Joseph that they they, they made a plot to kill his their own brother. What, what kind of mentality they have? And of course, we can see in the story that, you know, there were not good things that were said about Joseph's brothers, uh, you know. But what, what impresses me is going to the point to plot their own brother's killing. It's like, wow, it is unbelievable. It's like, how can you do that? How can you? And of course, you know, we understand that because things are the way they are. We have seen worse things now. We have seen even kids planning their parents' um, execution. It's, it, it is incredible the times that we are living today. So it is very, very important that we understand that we always encourage our kids to love each other, not to hate each other. You know, it is unbelievable today when I see the news, when I see all these movements that encourage people just to hate, 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 and, and to cancel and to destroy the reputation of someone else or just to, you know, um, treat other people so mean, so violently. It, it is like... I, I ask myself, my goodness, we need common sense. Where are our common sense? I mean, we don't have to be smart to to understand and to see that if we continuously are sowing hatred, how can we how can we reap unity and love and understanding and tolerance? I mean, that's not so hard to understand. In, in reality, it is so so bad that in today's century instead of we seeing things getting better things are getting worse because people are hating more each other people are so intolerant that they cannot stand you know if someone doesn't agree with them really it is like crazy what is going on today. We are so polarized that nobody can say anything um, or, you know, against anything that the person believes or thinks or acts, even though if it is wrong or if it is violence or if it is something that really is going to damage, you know, our community. Just because if you say something, people will use it against you. I cannot believe it. It is so crazy the days that we are living today that you cannot express, you cannot say anything. You can, you know, I, I, I'm sorry, but you know, we need to wake up. We need to understand that we cannot tolerate that people just dominate us, control us, manipulate us. And we just bow down to them and say, okay, yes, it's true, yes. And we continuously are hating each other and destroying each other's reputation and character and doing evil things, mean things, treating other people so mean. I mean, it is unbelievable what we are seeing today in our world. 
So part of this is when you have kids and you teach them since they are little kids to love each other, to respect each other, to respect authority, to respect other people, that's what you're going to reap. So we need to understand that this is very, very important, especially today. So let's come back to our story. <laughs> But I think that is a, a very important point that we need to understand. Everything starts at home. When you have your kids and you teach them how to respect other people, how to respect elderly, how to respect authority, you know, of course there are exceptions. You know, it doesn't matter what you do, what you teach them, what you do for them, you know, they might come out, you know, you know, the contrary of what you taught them. But that are the exceptions. But usually when you teach your kids to respect other people, they will respect they will have consideration to others and that is very very important what happened in this family why the the brothers were so mean to joseph of course we can see that you know he was moved by hatred he was moved by jealousy by envy and you know what's what is um something ironic that sometimes we don't see that whatever we are going through in the moment it doesn't seem like uh, it is something that is that will benefit us but at the long road when time passes by we can see we can look back and we can see that it doesn't matter what we went through it was beneficial at the end and that's exactly what happened to Joseph because when Joseph if we see If we go to chapter, um, you know, the next chapters, we can see everything he went through. He was sold to Potiphar. You know, when he went to, to this house, he was not a slave. So he didn't know how that life was going to impact him because he never thought that he would be sold as a slave. It was, done, it was totally contrary to what he have lived all his life. He was the favorite. He was the, you know, the one that his father chose to teach him how to read, how to do business, how to, you know, do different things. So in the back scene of all of this, we can see that Joseph was being prepared for something greater, something bigger. He didn't know. He had those dreams, and he didn't even know what those dreams means. But you know, the father kept everything in silence in his mind. His father knew that something was in the back scene of all of this. Something was happening even though he couldn't clearly identify what was going to happen. However, this is something that shows me that God knows everything that is going to happen to us. And even though sometimes things take another negative way, many times 
It doesn't matter what happened. At the end, we're going to see victory. And when Joseph went to Potiphar's house, Potiphar saw in this young man, he saw the potential. He saw in him something different. He saw in him that he could be a great, a great slave. You know, so he put him in front of his whole household. Everything, everything, everybody, all the other servants have to give Joseph accountability. The only thing that, jo that Potiphar, of course, was expecting was that he respect his wife. So the rest of, you know, Potiphar's house was under the um, coverage of Joseph. So one of the things that, well, I believe, I think, no, <laughs> Joseph must be a nice, good-looking, um, young uh, man because this woman, you know, she just wanted to sleep with Joseph. She just wanted to have an affair with Joseph. It doesn't matter that she was a married woman. She just wanted to be with him. So one day when she was trying to tempt her, you know, a Joseph so Joseph can sleep with her, you know, Joseph ran away from that temptation. And of course, Joseph loved God. So if Joseph was faithful and he ran away, And when he ran away, she grabbed his clothes. And then she started screaming. And then she said that it was him who tried to rape her. Unbelievable. You know, it is so, so incredible that Joseph loved God. And sometimes when we love God, we think that nobody will harm us that nobody will try to do any evil to us. And that, you know, God would not allow it. And we have that misconception that if we love God, everything has to be okay, everything has to be nice, everybody has to love us. And it is not true. On the contrary, you know, when you love God, you know, you're going to be tasted, like we talk about in other programs, about, about job and about other people that we have mentioned. And you read the Bible. The Bible is full of stories of women and men that really, really went through so much and so many things. But in the case of Joseph, you know, these women wanted to sleep with him. And so, of course, he was put into jail. And then now, you know, He was in jail. Can you imagine you loving God, loving God so much, being faithful to God, running away from temptation because you know that you love God, and then your reward is prison? You have to go to jail for something that you know that you didn't do? You have to go to jail for something that you, you know, in the first place, you try to, Please, God, and be faithful to your boss because, you know, Potiphar was his boss. So this woman wanted to sleep with him. He didn't want to sleep with her. And then she accused him of raping her. Wow. Now he is in jail. But you know what happens? One of the things that I love is that even in the midst of 
the situation that looks so negative, that looks so unjust, that looks so, so tremendous, horrible, terrible. God uses to bless Joseph. Really? How can you be blessed in a, in a jail, in a prison? Well, let me tell you why. Because even though in prison, the Bible says the hand of God was over him, that he was so, that the favor of God was over Joseph. And, and, we, and we can ask, how in the world the favor of God is going to be in a person that has to go to jail without committing a crime? How can you explain that? It is hard to explain because it, it, it doesn't make sense. And you know what? Many times the, the things that God allows in our lives, they don't make sense. There is a book, I don't remember the, the person who wrote it, but it's when what God does doesn't make sense. You know, that is an incredible book because it is, it is so true. Sometimes God allows things to happen that doesn't make any sense to us, that looks unjust, that looks unfair, that is not fair. That, you know, we, if we start asking the Lord, Lord, why do you allow this to happen? And then we will never understand the magnitude of the blessing that God has for us in the future. So when Joseph had to go to prison now, the Bible says two men in there, a cup bearer and a baker. And he was a baker. Uh, one of them was the baker of the king of Egypt um, who offended uh, his master. Um, and the other one was the, the cup bearer. But when Pharaoh was angry to them, to these two officials, um, the Bible says that they were put in custody in the house of the captain of the, uh, the guard. Um, so that was the same prison where Joseph was confined. So the captain of the guard assigned them to Joseph. So Joseph was the one who had attended them. Look at this. It is incredible what God does. Even though in the midst of Joseph's worst situation, God was doing something that will um, move some key elements in the future of, of Joseph. But he didn't understand. He didn't know what was going on. So the Bible says that after they had been in custody for some time, each of the two men, the cupbearer and the baker of the king of Egypt, who were being held in prison, had a dream the same night. And each dream had a meaning of its own. When Joseph came to them the next morning, he saw that they were dejected. So he asked Pharaoh's officials who were in custody with him in his master's house, why do you look so sad today? We both had dreams, they answered, but there is no one to interpret them. Then Joseph said to them, do not interpretations belong to God? Tell me your dreams. So the chief Cobbler told Joseph his dream. He said to him, In my dream I saw a vine in front of me, and on the vine were three branches. 
As soon as the body blossoms and its clusters ripen into grapes, Pharaoh's cup was in my hand, and I took the grapes, squeezed them into Pharaoh's cup, and put the cup in his hand. This is what it means, Joseph said to him. The three branches are three days. Within three days, Pharaoh will lift up your head and restore you, you to your position. And you will, f you will put Pharaoh's cups in his hand, just as you used to do when you were his cupbearer. But when all goes well with you, remember me and show me kindness. Mention me to Pharaoh and get me out of this prison. I was forcibly carried off from the land of the Hebrews. And even here, I have done nothing to deserve being put in a dungeon. When the chief baker saw that Joseph had given a favorable interpretation, he said to Joseph, I too had a dream. On my head were three baskets of bread. In the top basket were all kinds of baked goods for Pharaoh. But the birds were eating them out of the basket on my head. This is what it means, Joseph said. The three baskets are three days. Within three days, Pharaoh will lift off your head and impale your body on a pole, and the birds will eat away your flesh. Now, the third day was Pharaoh's birthday, and he gave a feast for all his officials. He lifted up the heads of the chief cupbearer and the chief baker in the presence of his officials. He restored the chief cupbearer to his position so that he once again put the cup into Pharaoh's hand, but he impaled the chief baker, just as Joseph had said to them in the interpretation. Hmm, exactly as Joseph told them, it happens. But you know what Joseph told the guy, the cupbearer, he told him, please remember me because I am here. I, I did nothing wrong. But you know what happened? He didn't remember him. He didn't even remember. He didn't even mention Joseph for nothing. Now he was back in his job, doing his thing, doing his own thing. He didn't care about Joseph. He didn't care about that slave that was in that prison that interpreted the dream from him until Pharaoh had a dream. Hmm. And now Pharaoh had a dream that no one can interpret for him. So in the morning, The Bible says that in the morning his mind was troubled. So he sent for all the magicians and the wise men of Egypt. Pharaoh told them his dreams, but no one could interpret them for him. Wow. So here comes the hands of God. This is beautiful. I love it because, you know, when we think that we have been forgotten, Uh, 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 uh. The Lord says, no, I have not forgot about you. I'm just doing my will 
in the perfect time. I cannot do it before or after. I have to do it in the right time. There is a right time for everything. And then the chief cobbler says to Pharaoh, today I am reminded of my shortcomings. Pharaoh was once angry with his servants and he imprisoned me and the chief baker in the house of the captain of the board. Each of us had a dream the same night and each dream had a meaning to its own. Now a young Hebrew was there with us, a servant of the captain of the guard. We told him our dreams and he interpreted them for us, giving each man the interpretation of his dream. And things turned out exactly as he interpreted them to us. I was restored to my position and the other man was in pale. So Pharaoh sent for Joseph and he was quickly brought from the dungeon when he had shaved and changed his clothes. He came before Pharaoh. Pharaoh said to Joseph, I had a dream and no one can interpret it. But I have here it said of you that when you hear a dream, you can interpret it. And look at what I love from Joseph. Look at this. I cannot do it, Joseph replied to Pharaoh. But God will give Pharaoh the answer he desires. Hallelujah. And then the Pharaoh explained the dream to Joseph. And then Joseph, okay, said to the uh, to Pharaoh, um, the dreams of Pharaoh are one and the same. God has revealed to Pharaoh what he is about to do. And then he explained to him how the seven um, good cows are seven years. That's what it means. And then the seven good heads of grain are seven years too as well. Um, and then he explained to, to Pharaoh how the seven lean ugly cows that came up after war are seven years too. And it represents seven years, but seven years of famine. So in reality, Joseph was telling Pharaoh, you know, God is showing you what is going to happen in the future. You know, there's going to be seven years of great prosperity, great abundance. But then follow those seven years of abundance. It's going to come seven years of famine. So, you know, I don't know if you believe in dreams. I don't know if you believe in the revelation of God. I don't know if you believe that God can show you the future through dreams. But you know what? One of the things that God used a lot to speak to us human beings, you know, are dreams. And he told us through the, through the dreams, you know, things that might happen. And that doesn't mean that everything that you, have, you dream of is going to come to happen. Because many times... God show you something in a dream, but it's for you to pray in order for that not to happen. So, you know, you need to ask the Lord. Every time you have a dream and you are maybe worried about that dream that you have, you don't know what is going to happen. You know, 
It might be God. It might be not be God. It might be just that you eat a lot of pizza and then you have a weird dream. So it, it, that doesn't mean all the time that every everything you have is going to be God talking to you. But however, when it is a dream that God wants to tell you something about um, or about your life, about something is going to happen, God used dreams too. He is God. He used the method or the format that he really wanted to use. And in this case, God used these dreams to talk to Pharaoh. But not only God used his dreams to talk to Pharaoh, but also God used this situation to promote Joseph. And now Joseph prayed to God. God gave Joseph the revelation, the the interpretation of these dreams. And then Joseph tell Pharaoh what happened, the meaning of the dreams. And now Joseph, when, 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 when Joseph explained the dreams, Joseph also told Pharaoh what was required to do in order to save the people of dying from the future famine. Wow. So God used Joseph to give them the whole plan. So, you know, it is incredible when when, when the Pharaoh hear Joseph talking and hear everything that he said, um, Pharaoh himself says, who I'm going to hire more, more intelligent than this man, than this young man. You know what? Pharaoh saw in Joseph what maybe other people didn't saw in him. You know, many times when we love God, we serve God, and we, sometimes we look, I don't know um, how to say the word, but weird or dumb or, um, I don't know, you can call it this word, you know, anything you wanted to call it. But people sometimes look at us and say, oh my goodness, that, Women is weird. That man is weird. You know, and, and they see us that we praise the Lord, that we worship God, that we love God, that we stand by Jesus Christ, and that we don't care what other people think about. And they look at us like, oh my goodness, those people are crazy. Those are religious people, crazy people. Fanatic. How many people have called me fanatic? And you know what? We don't care what other people call us. But when God said that we are going to do something and that the favor of God is going to be upon our lives, it doesn't matter who look at you over the shoulder. It doesn't matter who think you're weird. It doesn't matter who mock you, who reject you, who make you feel like you're not worthy. It doesn't matter. You know why? Because God has a plan in the future. And Isaiah says that the future that I have for you are future to bless you, not to harm you, to give you the, the end that you are expecting. You know what? God is a real God. He is alive. He is washing over your life. Joseph, we went to jail. He went to prison. He was betrayed and sold as an slave by his own brothers. Then these women accused him false accusations about him. He went to jail for many years. But you know what? In everything he did, everything Joseph did, the favor of God was on him, upon him. And now the Pharaoh put Joseph as second 
chief in command. Can you believe that? Joseph came in one second. His life was transformed. He came to the, from the pits of the prison to the palace to reign and govern and to be the biggest man that could be around Pharaoh's throne after Pharaoh. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that awesome what God does? How does God reward you? But you know what is what, what does impress me more? That if you keep if you continue reading, if you go to the next chapter, you read chapter 40, chapter 41, chapter 42, you're gonna see that there's comes a moment for Joseph to either take revenge or forgive his brothers. And you know, Joseph had all the power to do whatever he wants to do. However, when Joseph meets his brothers again, now Joseph is the boss. Hmm. Now Joseph is in a good stage, in a good atmosphere. He is the boss. But the brothers go through a whole process where they saw that only the hand of God could deliver them from the hand of Joseph. And the dream that that little man had when he was a young boy, now that dream finally came true. All his brothers bowed down to him, asking for forgiveness, asking for mercy, asking that, be, that they be delivered, and that Joseph have mercy on them. And, and, and the, the, the nice thing about this is that Joseph was already prepared for such a time as this because when Joseph had to confront his brothers, Joseph didn't took revenge. You know, when Joseph makes himself known and, and Joseph told them, I am Joseph. Joseph asked for his father. But the brothers were so terrified at his presence. They all bowed down to him. They all thought that Joseph was going to kill them. But Joseph said to his brothers, come close to me. I am your brother Joseph, the one you sold into Egypt. And now do not be distressed and do not be angry with yourselves for selling me here because it was to save lives that God sent me ahead of you. For two years now, there has been famine in the land. And for the next five years, there will be no plowing and reaping. But God sent me ahead of you to preserve for you a remnant on earth and to save your lives by a great deliverance. Wow. Look at what he says. So then it was not you who sent me here, but God. He made my father, he made me father to Pharaoh, 
Lord of his entire household and ruler of all Egypt. Now hurry back to my father and say to him, this is what your son Joseph says. God has made me Lord of all Egypt. Come down to me, don't delay. You shall live in the region of Goshen and be near me. You, your children and your grandchildren, your flocks and herds and all you have. I will provide for you because five years of famine are still to come. Otherwise, you and your household, all you belong to you, all who belong to you will become destitute. You can see for yourselves, and so can my brother Benjamin, that it is really I who am speaking to you. Tell my father about all the honor accorded to me in Egypt and about everything you have seen and bring my father down here quickly. Oh, praise the Lord. I don't know if you are understanding what is going on in here. I don't know if you are understanding that everything Joseph has to go through, it was worth it. It might not be worth it at the moment when he was going through. It might not be something that produced happiness or joy in the life of Joseph. When he was in prison, when he was working as a slave, when he was far away from his father, his mother, he couldn't see his mother when she died. Joseph had to suffer and go through so many things that in that moment we think were not fair. Because it is not fair when you have to go through things that, especially when you are faithful to God, when you love God, when you run away from temptation, when you do everything as good as you think because you are trying to please your Lord. You are trying to please God. And what you see is false accusations. People who hate you, people who mock you, people who reject you, people who try to destroy your reputation. It is so sad when you are facing those moments and it is true, we have to cry, we have to say, why? Why, Lord, we are going through this? We don't understand. But you know, one of the things that I have learned is every time I have to face a difficult situation, I must stand firm and wait in the Lord and be faithful to God, doesn't matter what. You know why? Because as long as I am faithful, the devil does not have anything to accuse me for. And even though, let's say that I'm not faithful in one moment and I do something that displeases God and the enemy used that to accuse me, you know what happens? The Lord that I serve, the God that I serve is a forgiven God. He forgive us when we commit something that we know that we did it wrong. And he forgive us and he lift us 
up again. And he is the God that love. The God he doesn't he, his love is an agape love. That means that it doesn't it's an unconditional love. It doesn't matter how many times you fail. God is there to lift you up again. It doesn't matter how many times you have failed. God is there to give you again peace of mind, to give you again the hope that you are waiting for, that God is real to touch your lives, to touch your, 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 your family, touch your household, even though you might say, you know, I don't see God moving in this situation. I don't see God moving on my behalf. I don't see God moving in this problem that I'm facing right now. I don't see God moving uh, uh, among us right now. Let me tell you that God is there, even though you cannot see him, even though apparently what you see is silence, even though apparently what God is permitting meeting to occur is it doesn't make any sense God is there and he is faithful and he has said that he will not forsake us he will never forsake us he will be there with us all the time God is a God of mercy so today Uh, my time is up. I have to finish. But I just wanted to let you know. It doesn't matter whoever throw you to prison. It doesn't matter whoever is saying false accusations about you. It doesn't matter who is rejecting you. You know, it doesn't matter who doesn't support you. People might not support you, but the God of heaven, the God that is all powerful God, if you have God's support, it is more important than have the support of a man on this earth. The God that we serve is the God that is watching over us. He knows everything. He hears all the conversations. He sees everything. There's nothing hidden from him. He is the God that when somebody is making a plan against us, a plot against us to kill us, to destroy us, to destroy our reputation, to talk false accusations against us, God is there. Hearing every word, every word that somebody talk about you, everything that anybody says about you, everything that people are planning against you, any plot that is against you, your family, your ministry, your church, your daughters and sons, it is not hidden from God. God is aware. God is aware of everything. And let me tell you that there is going to come a point where you're going to see the hand of God over your life. And whoever did evil to you and whoever harmed you and whoever did something wrong to you will have their reward. And God will honor you because God says that he honors those who honors him. 
Right now, I just want to finish with a prayer. And I want you to pray with me. Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, I ask you that whoever is listening to the sound of my voice, I don't know them. I don't know who they are. I don't know what they are going through. I don't know if somebody has put them in prison, if somebody has talked about them, if somebody has betrayed them, rejected them, mocked them, did something wrong or evil to them, Lord. But one thing I know, that nothing is hidden from you. That even though, Lord, when people made a plot against us in their own little corners, where they think that nobody's listening, that nobody's watching, that nobody will hear what they're doing or see what they're doing. Our God is listening, Lord. And we thank you because we know, because we see your hand moving in our favor. So we ask you, Lord, that you bless our listeners right now. Lord, that doesn't matter the situation they are going through or the things they are facing right now. Let them see your glory. Let them see the manifestation of your power. Let them get to know you as the real God, the God who transforms lives, the God who heals, the God who protects, the God who fights our battles, the God who never forsakes us, Lord. In Jesus Christ, in your name, Jesus, we pray. Amen and amen. God bless you, my brothers and sisters. God bless you, friends. And remember, every Sunday, all on God with Edna Isaac, every Sunday from 10 to 11. God bless you. Hey, this is Edna Isaac. You can catch me and others from 10 to 11 every Sunday on All on God, brought to you by House of Worship. This is the program where you can hear the Word of God and be blessed through prayer, worship, and so much more. All on God, Sunday 10 through 11.